This is Locked On Indians, and I am your host, Jeff Ellis. Again, I am recording on the road via my tablet. I have not had any negative comments yet, so I'm assuming that it's not the worst thing you've ever heard. And uh, our subscriptions on Himalaya, iTunes, and Google Play are also not going down, so again, I'm going to assume that this is okay, or at least something people can deal with for the next week. On today's show, we'll look at yesterday's game. We'll look at Mike Freeman and what his addition means for the Indians. We will then end, as we have been, with um, looking at the current game in progress. And then, if there's a little bit of time before the end, maybe pull out a few minor league performances that are worth checking out this early on. So, I'm going to start out first by talking about the addition of Mike Freeman. Uh, this was, for me, an out-of-left-field decision the Indians made. Not the fact that they sent down Eric Stemetz. His performance um, justified him being sent down. He just looked well over his head. Uh, even his defense was not as good as I've seen it be in the minors before. It just He was pressing in every possible conceivable way, and it was not going well for him. Mike Freeman has had uh, multiple shots in the majors with five different organizations, and he's never hit. He is uh, outside of looking like uh, Corey Kluber's love child in a lot of his photos. Uh, he's an older Stamets, a uh, glove for shortstop who has been unable to hit in the uh, the big leagues. He's he's an interesting player from the fact that you know he was drafted out of high school by the Padres. Went to Georgia for a year, didn't have to sit out a year, transferred to Clemson. Uh, after the, his junior year, the Arizona Diamondbacks drafted him. He decided to go back for his senior year, and the Diamondbacks drafted him again. They wanted to, to get him that badly. They drafted him two years in a row. And for uh, you know, a senior sign to be able to have had multiple cups of coffees in the majors, that's, that's a good outcome. He has no power. Um, he is able to walk. The profile is actually probably closer to Max Moroff's, but with the ability to play um, a more consistent shortstop than Moroff. It's a, he's a guy who can walk and has shown the ability to hit in the minors, but has never been able to translate that when given the opportunity to hit in the majors. And then in his first game up today, you know, the spoiler alert if you haven't watched it yet, even though this will be broadcasting tomorrow morning, uh, he gives up an error, which leads to a run. So he's up here more because of his ability to play defense, and he instead uh, struggles with his defense. Um, they didn't need to take anyone off the 40-man because they were sitting at 39. So you, you, as much as I would have liked to have seen Chang up the whole time, he's not having a strong year in AAA. And... You know, hopefully this is a small outing. The nice thing with the Freeman is you can just let him go. Um, and who cares if a team claimed him off waivers? Nobody's going to. But it doesn't hurt your team. And I would argue Ryan Flattery would have been a better choice. Um, yeah, there's maybe a slight chance he gets claimed off waivers. But this is a player who was let go at the end of camp, given a chance to look around to find a landing spot, and one was unable Flattery has had more success in the majors. He, he may not be as solid at short, but he does have 188 games at short in the majors. He's played uh, second, third, right, left. He's basically played everything but catcher and center field. 
even pitched in a game and was a DH in five games. So, you know, he's a former first-round pick. He's actually, if you've read some of my draft pieces, you'll know that he is one of the three most successful Vanderbilt uh, bats of the last uh, 10 to 15 years uh, in terms of number of games in the majors. He is older than Freeman, and he wouldn't be as strong of a defender, but I thought he would have been a more obvious choice for the uh, the player to get called up at this point if you're looking at someone for just a short amount of time. But... Uh, as, uh, as has been the case this year, the Indians do not agree with me when it comes to the evaluation of uh, middle infielders. So, yesterday's game. When I shuffled off to bed, it was uh, the Indians were winning and Kluber was dominating. Or not Kluber, Bauer was dominating. And Bauer continued to pitch well. He went uh, six and two-thirds, three walks, Five hits, eight strikeouts. Um, of course, right after I uh, praised how Adam Simber has been pitching, he proceeded to give up a earned run in the third of an inning. He's still pitching well on the year, but, you know, that's par for the course. Jose Ramirez mixed in a stolen base, or two stolen bases of the game on top of his home run. He also had two walks, which, if you've been listening, you know, one of the concerns with Ramirez was his walk rate and his strikeout rates were both out of whack compared to his career, which also seemed to tie into, like, I think he's pressing. So seeing the home run, seeing him not strike out once but walk twice, that's, you know, that's what you want to see. That's really, it's almost more impressive than if he had had, like, two home runs, one walk, and a strikeout. This is, we're looking big picture. And if this is him right in the ship, it's going to be walking more, striking out less. Carlos Santana, I, what more can we say at this point? Two for three, two walks. One of those was a double. Sure, he's not knocking it out of the park, but uh, he's getting on base at an obscene rate of 53% of the time he comes to the plate, he gets on base without recording an out. That is just phenomenal. Uh, what, you know, the rest of the lineup? Uh uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to, to really reach into. You know, Eric Stemetz in his last game went out doing what he loves, striking out, uh, leads the team in that. And, uh, you know, a win is a win, and you're just happy at this point that they were able to right the ship. You know, Hand gets a save after his blown save. We'll just ignore that Encarnacion is hitting like he never hit with the Indians. Um Oliver Perez, I think you have to kind of list as someone who's been a little disappointing this year. When you look at that, he gave up the home run. And he was just lights out a year ago as a loogie, and we're not seeing that so much this year. But uh, at the same time, Oliver Perez should not be facing a right-handed bat. Why he would face Edwin Encarnacion is beyond me. I mean, Oliver Perez is, by the strictest definition, a loogie should only be coming in to face that left-on-left -left batter. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so, we'll move on. And before we move to today's game, I have to, uh, talk about our sponsor, BlueChew.com. Uh, it's, it's awesome we have any sponsorship at all. Um, 
it means that I'm able to uh, make a little income on this, which is, you know, uh, something I've always worked for to try to be part of the part of baseball in some form or way. So bluechew.com is a, it, it's helping grant my dream. And uh, if you're having some struggles in the bedroom, it could help grant your dream as well. It's the little blue pill you can get discreetly mailed to you and it's free. You just have to pay for shipping. So if you go to bluechew.com, you go under the promo code MLB, you pay the five bucks for shipping, you answer a quick survey and you can see what all the talk is about. Bluechew.com, promo code MLB. So tonight's game, we uh, we see Shane Bieber is uh, is trying to step up and take that mantle of the Indians' best starting pitcher. He uh, he's had another beauty at this point. It's uh, six innings, three hits, one earned run, three walks, which is on the high end for him, and five strikeouts. He is uh, and again, this is a Seattle team that has been really dangerous this year, setting all kinds of home run records. And so far, Bauer and Bieber, um, while sounding like a, a part of a boy band, Bauer Bieber, uh, they're just getting the job done. So Mike Freeman, our, our newest addition, 0 for 2 with an error and a, and a strikeout. So he is, you know, I call him older Stamets, but he's just, you know, really living up to that so far in this game. Uh, Leonis Martin, uh, continuing to hit two for three with the strikeout. He did have the caught stealing. And I know Hanley Ramirez has come through with an RBI in each of the last two games. But, uh, he's still just not getting on base enough because he doesn't walk. So when he comes to the plate, it's a hit or nothing, which leads to, you know, his OPS is a combined 649, which is your DH and your number five hitter. That's, uh... It's less than ideal. So, uh, yeah, he'll continue to get those opportunities, though. Kipnis is, uh, has done well offensively since he's back. Uh, he's got a double tonight, as does Santana. And uh, Jose Ramirez has also uh, reached base. He's, he's had a single in this one. So, you know, we'll take it. It steps in the right direction. Martin and Santana are carrying this offense. Jose Ramirez with some signs of life. And Kipnis um, doing well so far. Once you get Lindor back, uh, all of a sudden you've got the makings of a decent lineup. You know, if Lindor is batting cleanup like a year ago, Ramirez too. We know Tito will keep uh, Kipnis in the three hole. I would move Santana because he's getting on base at a greater rate. We'd like to see that can you know him get as many opportunities as possible. I mean, maybe Kipnis. I mean, I would argue Leonis Martin hit the five sp- or the four spot then because he leads the team in home runs, right? That can be uh, old and new school. And uh, your five hitter can be Kipnis. And then for the rest of the team, uh, you, you figure out where you're going to put... Uh, I apologize. Let me uh, make sure that things don't go off in the middle of this podcast. I'm going to try to turn down the little beeps and clicks. Um, so you had to go back to where I was before that all occurred. You know, you get, you got your catcher and you got Bowers and you got, uh, likely Naquin and those three guys can then fill in the, uh, 
along with uh, Hanley Ramirez, those those guys can uh, fill in the rest of the lineup. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so we've got it, it's going to be interesting because when Lindor comes back, you're going to have five hitters who look to be above average to MVP level talents, and then four guys who uh, you're hoping can be average. So not quite uh, what we'd want, but uh, you know, at least it's going to be a massive improvement from what we've seen in the early goings with this team. I did think it was interesting to see that uh, you know the player who scored the uh, who got the run across for Seattle was Tom Murphy, and I did not realize he was with uh, with Seattle. Now Murphy is a guy I liked. Uh, I did not. I can't say I liked him back to his days at the University of Buffalo, because that wouldn't be true. Um, sad fact, he, uh, University of Buffalo baseball no longer exists. So, um, was it this two, no, I think it was last season when I saw them in Kent was their, their last season. Um, the program went away. He had some problems with injuries. He was a guy, though, that I fought to get in the top 100 prospects back when Taylor Break Ward and I made that for scout.com a few years ago. Uh, interesting catcher with some uh, with some pop, and it just had some injury issues. And the fact that essentially they got him for almost nothing is a is a really nice. It, it's it is exactly what a team that looked at the start of the year like they were in the middle of a rebuild should be doing, which is buying low on an interesting asset who, due to injury, has not get been given the opportunity to perform so uh, he's a player i'm certainly going to be watching uh seattle brought in uh you know butcher his first name ronius elias he is one of the uh the guys that uh, i talked about last offseason uh with seattle i really liked a lot of the the pitchers in their bullpen and i thought that the indians should go out for many of them uh they did not and even some of the ones that uh, that I liked were let go. Uh, James Vincent comes to mind. It's a weird year for uh, effective relievers being uh, let go without uh, out, uh, a real good uh, rationale or reason. But uh, Elias is kind of the last man standing from that Seattle pen from a year ago that was actually quite strong. Um, Colome, Colome and Diaz were the headliners, but they had a lot of players who were pitching well in that pen beyond those two. So we're right up against it here at the end, but I promised uh, last episode, and I didn't get to it, so this episode we're going to do a little bit of minor league talk. And the player I have to talk about due to early performance is Eli Morgan. Eli Morgan, um, all the ums, I apologize. I, I promise I'll get better. Morgan was a player that uh, I successfully predicted the Indians would draft in April of that year. On draft day, right before the eighth round, I tweeted, oh, it's about time for the Indians to draft Eli Morgan. They then proceeded to draft him. I didn't have any inside information. It was just the ability to look at a pitcher and know, oh, this guy fits the Indians' profiles. Much like when I look at TJ uh, Sakima from Missouri and... Uh, Zorian Curry from Georgia Tech, I, I see two guys where I'm like, okay, somewhere in around 6 to 10. Keep those names in run this year. Now, Morgan is undersized with a, at best, average fastball, but his changeup is a plus 
maybe a plus-plus pitch. It is his bread and butter, and part of the reason why when the Indians drafted him, I said, uh, make him a reliever, push him up to double-A, and let's see how quickly he can get to the majors. Well, they haven't done that. He has stayed a starter, and even though he was effective last year in 19 starts in Lynchburg, they decided to have him start there this year. And this could be due to a bottleneck and um, pitching and the pitchers that they have in double uh, A. If you're not uh, following along at home, you know, they have Aaron uh, Saval, who uh, was a former high pick for them. Zach Plesak was uh, an 11th rounder who's pitched well. He was at Ball State. He got hurt. He had a chance to be a much higher pick before then. Uh, Sam Henkes is a is a higher priority prospect, and Jake Paulson was quite good at Akron a year ago, and is a big uh, left or no big right hander that the Indians were intrigued by. Tanner Tully is kind of your classic um, uh, organizational soldier, though he shouldn't be blocking anyone, and there's not really a good reason to have him to to not have at this point. Um, Morgan up in double-A. Again, he had an extended look last year. He's already 22. He's going to be 23 soon. He's old for the level. Push him aggressively. Well, so far, two starts, 11 innings. His strikeout rate is over 12 with a walk rate under 2 and a hit rate under 2.5. He's got nothing to prove. Push him up. When you get a guy who has that advanced secondary offerings, let's see what he can do. If you think that he could be a back-end starter, I mean, this, the deck is stacked against him. Uh, he, he, I've seen some Shane Bieber comps because the control has been so good. He just doesn't even have anywhere near the fastball Bieber has shown. Um, his fastball does, I think, play up because everyone knows about the change. They go up there looking change. So when you're looking for that change and with the separation between the pitches, the fastball, I think, plays a bit faster than it uh, it comes, it rings up. There is some deception as well. I would be shocked if he is not a 10-year major league player. I, I believe in him. I think it's likely as a pen arm. I just don't see enough uh, pure stuff to succeed. And it's such a razor-thin margin when you're talking about major league talent. But at this point, he's a 23-year-old you know, very, very soon, less than a month. Let's get him up to double A. Let's give him these opportunities. He's someone who um, could help the Indians. I, I truly believe could help the Indians this year. So Eli Morgan, nothing left to prove. Let's let's uh, let's push the the kid up. Let's be aggressive. So as has been the case of late, I'm running long again. Uh, thanks to everyone who's listening on the new Himalaya app on Google. Play on iTunes, every subscription, every time you tell a friend, every positive comment, every review and rating is is awesome. I mean, right now, that's all I'm getting from this podcast. I know we do have a sponsor, but for now, uh, it's just the enjoyment of seeing people enjoy it is the real payment, uh, at least for now, what I'm collecting. So thank you. And uh, as always, let's go tribe. And in honor of the huge game tonight, let's, let's also throw in a Let's go Blue Jackets after their monumentous evening. So, go Tribe, go Blue Jackets.